you tearing up? <laughs> it's just about screamed right now, and I'm not even there. <laughs> now that's inspirational, Natalie. <laughs> I feel inspired today. I, I, you can, I could be here for another hour. No. <laughs> I always go, he winds up homeless on the street, and it's my fault. <laughs> I don't know what got into my head, but I thought, I thought this thought, you know, if I'm working year-round, I might as well get paid year-round. It's <laughs> 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 a weekly 20-minute podcast brought to you by the Continuing Education and Work Force Training Division of Ohio State University. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and subscribe today. It's time to get started with Sweet Talk. Don't do that to me, man. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sweet Talk, our weekly podcast here at Idaho State University's Continuing Education Workforce Training. I'm Paul Dickey, uh, the Apprenticeship Coordinator and Video Instruction Manager here. And as always, I'm joined by my host, uh, Gary Salazar. Hello, Gary. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for asking me. And Angela also is a host now she's co-host yes. with us yes uh she graduated uh, the last podcast uh you were not here and uh so she took over those co-host duties just fine <laughs> oh man you got and that was i heard about it after you guys did i was so surprised and thank you for doing that i, I i'm excited to see that one so hey congratulations angela you are an awesome part of the team thank appreciate you. everything you're bringing to it <laughs> so today uh, on our podcast, we're doing something a little different. Um, we're doing something uh, uh, a little uh, peek behind the curtain, uh, behind the scenes. Uh, uh, isn't that right, Gary? Yes, yes. We're going to talk today about uh, an idea that we've been throwing around for a potential conference next year uh, within the realm of, of games, gaming. And so uh, everybody who's listening to this or watching us, uh, this is the... Uh, the concept uh, kind of discussions that we begin to have and say, hey, what do you think about this? Can this work? And we thought this time that it would be a cool idea to let everybody hear and listen to us as we begin to talk about and explore a potential conference next year. And we, we're not sure where this is gonna go. We don't have anything scripted. We're just gonna have a conversation about uh, potentially putting on a gaming conference in 2023. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, um, Paul, we're, we're blessed with this. Paul is a games aficionado. <laughs> Paul, he plays uh, mostly board games, but is very familiar with, games, with yeah. video games as well. And, and uh, tabletop uh, RPGs. You're going to have to explain that to me. And I don't know if anybody <laughs> in the audience knows what that is, uh, but then, and then uh, he has a, a, a weekly, almost a weekly gaming session with others from our office and, and outside where uh, they come together and play either a live game or when they can't do that, you, you do it across, uh, across the, uh, the internet. So we have that expertise with us. And then Angela, who is our, our marketing coordinator, has some great ideas where, where this might lead. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun conversation. So I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for yeah. bringing it up, Paul. Yeah, so um, this was just um, one of those times where I was just kind of just talking about, you know, what I was doing on the weekend, and we had a, uh, a bunch of people kind of chime in, um, uh, a lot of people interested in uh, board gaming as a hobby, and uh, there are some uh, conventions within the area, but none within our area, so um, it was kind of like going, hey, have, 
is that something we might want to put together? And I like kind of tilted my head going, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I remember we were talking about that out in the office. Angela, you, you won't believe this. I, cause, cause I didn't believe what happened. The office was full of, uh, of staff and people who were uh, doing work. And we were standing somewhere out there in the middle, just discussing this, throwing this, Hey, is this a good idea or not kind of around and to do a quick unscientific survey. I remember just looking at everybody say, Hey, everybody who plays games here. And almost unanimously, everybody says, oh, well, I do. You know, so then we go, well, what kind of games? And there were card games, there's other board games. And, and I was, uh, honestly, I was surprised that so many people uh, are, are doing games as for fun, having a great re relaxing activity. They do them with other groups. So I go, well, maybe there's something to this. And, and that's led to a couple other little discussions to the point where we are today. If we were to do a gaming convention, not a convention, conference of some size next year, you know, what kind of a, a take would that have? I mean, we'd have to do some marketing for it. We'd have to invite people, you know, what kind of flavor for that? So today we're going to talk about some of those things. Uh, and, and Paul brought up a really good point just before this, this podcast, you know, we, we like to do conferences that help our community and, and relate to things that are important for uh, the community as a whole, like uh, the educational, uh, the emergency medicine conference, the safety fest. Does this kind of a conference help our community? Well, I used to work at another school and we had a game design program. And it was one of the, it was the most popular program in the entire school, if not the city, because we had a waiting list for people to come in and learn how to do game design. So uh, where I'm going with that is there's job opportunities in this. There's job opportunities for people who like to design games. There's marketing opportunities in it for games. There's people who like to just talk about games. And those are jobs. Those are people who can make money with that. And, and now games are, have turned into almost a, a professional sporting event in, in some venues. So yes, this, this is something that we can introduce to our community. I'm sure there's interest out there now. And also talk about, is this something you could use as a career or you could make money from? I mean, there, it, it goes everywhere. So I'm looking forward to, could we do this? You know, what would it take? So I think it's such an amazing idea. And I can tell you, I have friends in town who go to a comic cons all the time and they go to these cons and they sell stuff that they make from their home, typically soaps um, and things like that. But one of the things they sell are board games that they have invented and made. And I, uh, so I think that's really, really interesting as well that we still have even local people at a, a very, very small level that are creating games that, that themselves and their friends play and that they're sharing them with a broader audience. You know, I hadn't even thought about that, like a small independent indie games where, you know, with the potential that those things might catch fire and take mm -hmm. off. Certainly, we'd want to bring some of them into this conference and, and have them show their wares or, or maybe do some kind of a breakout group where, you know, they could introduce the game and, and have people try it out. I mean, at a Comic-Con, they do those kinds of things, right? Yeah, so uh, Comic-Con uh, in the past uh, had been comics, 
but over the last, uh, I would say five, six, maybe even a decade, um, the board gaming and uh, say video gaming also has been an intricate part of that convention as well. Um, uh, gaming, home gaming has kind of risen quite a bit in the last 10 years. Um, you know, it used to be one of those things that, and it still is, that you did with your family, you know, and the kids and on, on you know, on the weekends just to occupy time. But there's been a, such an increase in what I would say designer games or strategic games um, that have captured, um, you know, an older set of audience um, so that they, you know, they're not doing it with just their kids. They're doing it with other adults. Um, like I said, I get together with the group uh, currently of six people almost weekly. But before that, I, I used to do um, a gaming night uh, that would have almost up to 13 people. And these are such a diverse uh, demographic. Uh, here's the thing. You, you meet someone and maybe somehow you mention it and you're surprised by other people that uh, are interested in the ho hobby. I mean, it, it's almost anyone uh, can participate in, in board gaming uh, and they do. I mean, we're talking any type, type, type of income level, any type of professional level, um, you know, any type of uh, uh, family dem demographics. I mean, mm -hmm. young mm -hmm. families, older families, older people, younger individuals, people with low income, people with high income. Uh, you'd be surprised. The, the hobby is, uh, has grown drastically over the last 10 years. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually have a question for you, Paul, since you're our, our office game person <laughs> i have seen it increase uh, typically um as well but how much do you attribute that to uh, pop culture like uh, the uh, for instance stranger things which is a phenomenally popular uh, netflix series okay but the children in stranger things if gary hasn't seen it uh, dungeons and dragons is a very right. big part of that those those children's dynamic so, so Gary, when I mentioned tabletop RPGs, yes. that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about games like Dungeons and Dragons, uh, okay. tabletop RPGs, role playing game, role playing um, games, role playing it. game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Stranger Things did kind of create a more of an awareness of of Dungeons and Dragons, but it hasn't already was starting on a kind of uh, incline already. Uh, I think it was uh, maybe 2008 that uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast Hasbro released uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, which had a rule set that was more welcoming to newer players. Um, and that had increased a lot of participation. Also, um, YouTube and Twitch, um, uh, which are streaming um, platforms, has created uh, much more awareness because there are gr in, uh, groups out there that will stream um D, &D sessions um and other role-playing game sessions um the most popular one probably is critical role where they stream their games uh live to an audience uh and you know of course recorded for, uh later viewing and then they, they've got a tremendous audience that created awareness so between stranger things a new rule sets um the uh rise of twitch and youtube streaming um has created a quite a buzz in uh, tabletop um, role-playing games. Also, uh, YouTube has been tremendously um, an important platform in increasing the board game hobby itself. Um, there are so many 
streaming streaming of live game sessions, also review websites that have created more awareness of this hobby and the games that are available. Uh, and I think that's part of the growth as well. So wow. I have a second, I have a follow-up question for you. My significant other plays games and I believe they're board games with his siblings, but they all live in different cities. And there's some sort of website you can go to. Paul may Great. know about this. Go yeah. Ahead. So, so actually, uh, yeah, actually quite a bit. Um, so during uh, COVID, the, lo the lockdown, you know, it was hard for people to get together. Well, on Steam, which is a, a video gaming platform uh, that's very popular, they also have a module that you can install called Tabletop Simulator. Uh, and Tabletop Simulator is exactly what it sounds like. You're simulating a gaming tabletop. And within that, um, individual programmers have created what we call modules that you can you know then install and play on tabletop simulator and these modules very are basically almost any board game you can think of so if you wanted to play um monopoly who would but if you wanted to play oh, monopoly, come on. <laughs> uh, if you wanted to play monopoly with your family members that are live across the country um you could purchase tabletop simulator from steam which is about twenty dollars and then many of these modules are at zero cost and so, uh, and that and the reason being why the publisher allows this is because it creates uh, awareness of their game and um through you know having free modules on the game they've actually sold a lot of their board games because people can then try them out first and then go, I, I want a physical copy of this game. But yeah, oh, so, so it, it's, it's tremendously, uh, uh, it's a tremendous resource for playing games when you can't actually be together and still have that feeling that you are playing a game together. Um, Boy, I, that, that is so cool. It, it, then it, it seems like there's <laughs> a, a way to help monetize some of those folks who might be doing like the independent games, the indie games that they create. Do I, I, and I'm most interested in that, of course, but if somebody was to take some these this platform that you just mentioned and they could charge people some money also, is there a subscription fee? That um, so currently not. Um, so the modules themselves are typically made by independent, not even part of their, the game board game designers uh, team. Uh, by just fans of the games. Um, now, here's the thing. Steam, you can also create just the board games themselves and put that on Steam separate from tabletop simulators. And many uh, board game companies have done that. They've actually made their own app per se that they can sell, not just on uh, Steam for the, for the uh, desktop computer, but in many cases on iOS or Android for phones and tablets. Uh, and uh, a, man, a game designer will work with a, a, a video game designer to, to do that in many cases. Uh, so a lot of the board games are also available on apps that the designer publisher does make money on. But again, the tabletop simulator, a lot of times that's just to quit, uh, you know, the, they're just allowing that so that they can create awareness. Um, now, here's, here's the thing sometimes, um, a board game company will no longer allow a module to be played on Tabletop Simulator because an app is out there. Uh, for example, there's this game called Wingspan, uh, which Wingspan is a game about collecting birds. Um, 
And there used to be a module on tabletop simulators. Then the designer worked with uh, another company to actually release a, a, a desktop version on Steam and iOS versions. And then they said, you can no longer have this module on tabletop simulator. And which is fine because now it's available from the publisher themselves on the on a separate platform uh, on Steam, but not part of the tabletop simulator platform. You know, you're bringing up another another um, area that gaming I think could be useful is useful. I mean, you mentioned birds with this wingspan. There's an educational component to that. I'm sure there's oh. educational games oh. out there that might be used in schools. Oh yeah, so um, there are many games that are designed to either simulate or educate. Um, a couple offhand is Wingspan would give you uh, um, information about birds. Mm -hmm. um, there's a game, a two-player game called uh, Twilight Struggle, which is a fantastic simulation of the Cold War. Um, there is a um, uh, board game that simulates the presidential campaign or election cycle of the Nixon versus uh, Kennedy um, uh, campaign. Uh, which is fantastic. There are also, of course, um, uh, war game simulations out there. Um, mm -hmm. Simulations, um, a lot of economic simulations that are much better than Monopoly. Um, so yeah, so there are lots of educational purposes. And, and uh, some teachers out there, um, educators actually use um, board games in their classroom to help um, students learn about some of these concepts. You know, you're so right. And, and you mentioned the military and, and war games and all. I mean, I came from a little bit of that world and, and ran a, a, a military simulation uh, for assessments for, for games. And, and we do that to kind of plan out and look at all the different various, various options and possibilities on, on given, given scenarios. But historically, and this might be somebody we'd want to try to find, historically, Back in World War II, when the Battle of Midway uh, took place, the Japanese and, and the U.S. naval forces, you know, they they fought each other there. But the Japanese gained out that battle, and they they tried to explore all the different possibilities. If they did this, what would the U.S. forces do? I mean, so gaming itself has a tremendous historical perspective. It goes probably back even further than that, and then. To your other point, I mean, gaming is used uh, to help do forecasting and, and, and economics, you know, all sorts of simulations can be run. Uh, gaming can go into so many different areas here. I, it's exciting to talk about this. If, if we think about a conference, I mean, we have a lot of different possible questions on who would we invite to come talk and help us learn more about games? Who would we invite to showcase their games? Who would we invite to you know, teach us about, hey, here's, here's what the future gaming's like. I mean, there's so many incredible opportunities with, with doing this. Who, who would we invite? Who's a celebrity in the gaming world, Paul? Uh, well, you know, there, uh, there are so many designers out there that, um, you know, um, I, I would hope that the one thing, this is, uh, we're a little different because we're an educational institution. Um, and, you know, I think that if we were to move forward on a conference like this, I think that we might have a little more weight in, in inviting people um, and kind of focus in on, you know, 
educating as well as entertaining. A lot of board game uh, conventions, it's getting together and playing, which I certainly hope there's that happening at something that we might do, but also um, uh, putting together panel or presentations on uh, game design, um, game simulations, um, and you know, possibly having an educational component to this as well. Excellent, excellent idea. There are so many facets to this. We, we're going to have to have a lot more discussions. I mean, we might need to invite some people into these discussions and say, if we held this, you know, what do you see happening that would be advantageous on the educational perspective, on the on the science or research perspective, on the fun perspective? You know, wh what can we do that covers all those bases to make this a very interesting, a very informative uh, conference for everybody? I think there's so many opportunities to make this campus wide, even uh, I was talking to Paul about the theater possibly playing a, a movie oh. based on a game he suggested clue. I know that the college market just down the road, uh, where many of us at the university go to have a coffee or a tea or a snack, they host a game night, we have bar a barricade. Uh, or just oh, right yeah. downtown walking distance that's a little beer bar that's just full of old 80s uh, games yeah 80s. 80 video games 80 video games yeah. yeah like the what do you call them the they're Retro video games. games but they're arcade type games yeah um yep yep yeah like miss <laughs> pac-man in the mall we have a a game center in the mall so i think this could really and then of course we have educators as well so it might be a really interesting conference, not just to bring in the university, but the greater community as well. Yeah, yeah, good, good points, Angela. Excellent. Hey, I'm sorry, guys. You heard the timer go off. This I thing know. Kind of flew right by. It, it flew right by. We did so um, when we when we talked about putting this podcast together. Um, we had talked about, hey, maybe it's a kind of behind the scenes look of how we put an event together. And here it is. We just discussed the subject for 20 minutes um, and you know probably you know we'll, we'll probably schedule some meetings later on where we expand on uh, the subject but we also will have to talk about venues um, right, how right. large we think will we think that this might be how many people we think might attend how do we reach out to people in the industry that we might try to invite and and get here um, do we charge do we not charge that type of thing um, and I guess part of this uh, discussion was to see the behind the scenes, but also let people aware that, you know, this is what we do. We uh, plan events. Um, in the past, we've helped uh, the disaster relief complex plan an event and put that together um, and other departments and uh, uh, corp uh, companies out there. And, and, you know, we could do this for almost anyone who's interested in doing an event. Is that right, Gary? Oh, you're so on. You're so right. And, you know, we do we, we do support event, uh, conferences here at the university. We've certainly started a few of our own. Uh, the Emergency Medicine Conference comes to, uh, to mind. Most recently, we had the Safety Fest event out here. Uh, conferences and events are, are a great, a great uh, community builder, engager. Certainly, you think of the Construction Combine, that's an event, but that's, that's a conference, too. It takes so many moving parts to bring together. Um, I, I've really enjoyed uh, just talking with the two of you about this possibility of a game conference next year. We, we've had some fantastic points. I've learned a little bit. Uh, we need more. 
And uh, oh. if anybody else out there is hearing or watching this thing, you know, hey, we, I'd, I'd like to get some feedback. You know, what do you think would be good? Uh, we certainly can't do everything first time around, but it could grow. It could grow yeah. and turn into a right, a really nice uh, southeastern or eastern Idaho uh, game, maybe for all of Idaho. Uh, we don't know where this goes, but they start with, uh, hey, what what would this look like? Or can we do this? Or, hey, let's try this. Those are great questions to prompt uh, potentially outstanding conferences down the road. Thank you both for uh, joining us. Paul, you want to go ahead and close it up for us? Yeah, you know, we just scratched the surface. There's going to be much, much many more discussions about this uh, as we move forward. Um, so if anyone's interested in a conference or they just want to reach out to us, uh, you can call us at 208-282-3372. Um, you can check out our webpage at cetrain.isu.edu. You can also email us at cetrain at isu.edu. And please, if you like this podcast, please like, subscribe, share. Thank you so much. Hey, Angie, always really thank you so much for joining us today. Thank Excellent, you. Angela. Thank you so much for the input. Appreciate all this. I love you both. You guys take care. Everybody out there, you be safe. Be safe. <laughs>